All right, everybody good? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, welcome to Who the Fuck is Delia? I'm covering the plight of the creative who might not just yet have a film about their life story, be having their tweets put under scrutiny that were tweeted about a decade ago, or on uh, already super successful athletes or actors who decide to just become massive superstars overnight. Um, before we get the show underway, Shell's going to tell you about a little gig that we've got coming up at the end of March. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you about that gig, and the date of that gig is the, the 19th. 19th of March. You're nailing it, you're really nailing it. I know, and it is in the cavern in Liverpool, it's a free gig, so if you're about it, you've got no excuse, come down, it is hosted by BBC Introducer Merseyside, and there's some beautiful acts on that night, so we'll see you there. Yeah, sound. So on with the show. So we're going to welcome Jay Garcher. What's up? To oh, it really makes me think T's here. I'm really <laughs> yeah. emotional. And once again, T isn't here. <laughs> no, he's not. George is not here this week because him and his car have gone on a trip on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I think. That's yeah, right. right. I think so. Yeah, they've gone on a little like romantic getaway together. Yeah, I think so. Um, but Jay is the founder of Alpha Bravo Studios. Mm-hmm. You are producer. Mm-hmm. You're an artist? Kind of, you could call it that, yeah. Um, you're an artist in PR. Yeah. I'll give you that as well. I love that. Um, Alpha Bravo Studios um, work in association with the Sappho Music Group. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, um, you may remember Chris Weston, who was on episode six. We recorded at the Sappho headquarters, HQ. Makes it sound proper fancy, fancy, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And we're here again. So any background noise is because we're working, uh, we're we're recording in a live working studio right now. But Jay, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me. When you um when you said before marketing is like, you know, like a an artistic form of marketing. Uh-huh. I was we had this conversation with someone a while ago and I think that arguably there are certain um careers that you can argue are artistic uh-huh. and creative even when they are absolutely yeah. not so alex is doing a podcast with some lawyers the other week and he <laughs> whoa, whoa, be careful this is my work <laughs> <laughs> no but he was saying that the way they talk sometimes and the way they have to like come up with some of their depositions uh-huh. i don't know if that if depositions is the U- uk word for it <laughs> or just the right word at all right word. yeah because no, okay. they have when like usa talk and then they have uk talk when they're doing like the closing statements yeah and, and like yeah, yeah. i was like that is actually you could call that person an artist yeah because the way they come up with them words like mm-hmm. that's they you know they're trying to change a whole room full of people's minds yeah. and that is arguably very artistic and then we had to talk with another person mm. and he'd gone to see he, I don't know, had a talk with some marketing woman and he was like, it was like watching an artist at work because the way she talked about marketing was mm-hmm. like so creative. Yeah. And I guess that there is a sense of that in there, isn't there? Yeah, well, that's something I think we'll probably come on to a bit later mm-hmm. as well. Mm. That's one thing um, that I think Alpha Bravo Studios and you guys have. Yeah. And that, like we're, we're going to be going forward working with you this year, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Definitely. But, um, for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 18. I've been doing this for like, I'll start <laughs> with that. <laughs> start with that. I'll start away. with that. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for like, not marketing specifically, but yeah. I started in like 2012, which is like, what, seven years ago now. So I was like 11, 11, 12. Um, I started making music, um, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, and it's kind of an, like an outlet. And then putting the music out, 
I found like how difficult it actually was to get people to care. Yeah. Um, and people are like friends and family um, and even them, like it's really difficult to get them to share stuff. Yeah, yeah. my mom has no idea yeah. what I do. <laughs> my dad, like, I think my dad got Facebook just to share my stuff, Aww. which is kind of nice. <laughs> That's so cute. But yeah, so I started like that. I started producing people in my area. Um, this was when I had just moved to Letchworth from okay. Walthamstow. Right. Um, and Walthamstow had like a good music scene and Letchworth pretty much had nothing. Um, and basically I realized that marketing was a thing at that point. At, um, at 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Jeez. Just because not, not, I wouldn't say that I was specifically like, oh damn marketing, I best get on that. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of like, okay, like something needs to be done to let people hear what I'm trying to say. Okay. As well as artists I was working with at the time. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we kind of just, I kept going. I got into like some songwriting awards. Um, eventually got like BBC Introducing on Asian Network. Um, and then started working with that. I'm working on an EP now. Um, and we've kind of realized that once we came here, I came to Safa Music Group originally as a producer intern, yeah, okay. not as marketing. Um, and I kind of realized that not many people were doing the things that they need to be doing when they step outside of the studio. And from that, we were kind of like, okay, we can probably help some people with this. So everything that we were doing for everyone working with us, we basically just listed them out and said, all right, we'll offer this to everyone else too. Mate, yeah. when you talk about marketing mm -hmm. and you talk about like using social media, <laughs> it's genuinely like trying to read a spreadsheet well, of like of, of somebody else's formulas where you're just like, what are you even saying? <laughs> this makes no sense. Well, but when you, so like when you speak about that, mm -hmm. I, if you were 30, mm -hmm. I would be like, yeah, cool. That makes total sense. But you're 18. Yeah. And to me, that is, you're, you're the first person that's ever made me feel old. <laughs> yeah. oh, when, I, yeah. when I met you, I was like, Jesus, I'm old. Like, I don't know what the kids are doing on social <laughs> it's media. It's crazy. I don't think like, I don't think anyone really knows. And I think even like people like me, like marketers, yeah. if they tell you that, okay, here's your release, here's exactly how it's going to go down the line to you. Yeah. So I think there's a certain level of like unpredictability with it all. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it seems to be PR and marketing is like, the, it seems to be almost mm -hmm. more I never say it's PR. Like I never say we do PR. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because it's like PR feels so like, here's a message, we put it out. Yeah. And after the campaign, like if you got any success, you got it. If you didn't, like we, you, you wasted your money pretty much. Yeah. Whereas marketing, it feels like, let's find your audience. Let's see what your content's looking like. Let's build a, like a bridge between the two. And then once we leave and once our campaign's over, hopefully you'll have an audience which will stay with you. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that so you you purposely draw that distinction between. Yeah, the two. I think so. I mean, that's something I was going to ask you about. Is like, so we've worked with a couple of PR, mm -hmm. um, marketing, um, <laughs> <laughs> making music. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've worked with a couple of PR and marketing uh -huh. companies in the past, and had like to varying success. So like, one was an absolute. Tr yeah like we lost we lost like a grand and got Gee, nothing okay and uh it was it was a fucking nightmare wasn't it the next one yeah. was like was sound after that we worked um with a guy on a kind of as and when basis so like if you got something then mm -hmm. it was a certain amount it wasn't you know there's like a flat fee for the work and then extras for if you actually got stuff okay but his was like a f like he was like freelancing out of a company that he worked for so it was a little yeah. bit naughty so shouldn't mm -hmm. really do that and then everything else has been from there has been okay. But you get, I always find that you put all this pressure when you've got a release coming up on PR. So mm -hmm. like whether you're DIY in it, which we've done quite a few times mm -hmm. or you're 
uh, you're saving up money in your budget to be like, we're going to spend all this money on promo for this because mm-hmm. you don't want it. So you don't want to release a song or a video or whatever. And it just is there on your social media yeah. and that's it. And it's done. So like you, a lot of artists at this stage will put a lot of pressure on it. And then you, you, you could get fuck all, or you could get loads of blogs that no one's reading. No <laughs> one's, no one's paying any attention to. And there was, and I don't know if this is something because of like, the the era that I come from from when I started playing in music where getting these blogs was a big deal or getting Kerrang was a massive thing or whatever um, but like we were talking about it on one of the earlier episodes of the podcast does anyone even read the big blogs? I don't think anyone like, for me like, so many people are like uh, what blogs are you going to reach out to? Yeah. What's your list of blogs? I worry of connecting blogs. They ask you that when they want to work with you. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like... What blogs have you read recently? Yeah. Recently? <laughs> I'm like, I can't... I can show you a list of blogs but I haven't read any of them and I don't really care about what they have to say. And I think that's kind of like what social media is allowed to happen is like democratize PR and marketing mm. to say everyone has influence and like your next door neighbors retweet or your next door neighbors share could be more important than a blog writing about you. Um, yeah. And it makes it much like someone can spend no money and still do really well just because they're good with people and they have a nice uh, like an aura about them and they talk to the right people and just keep talking and keep putting out into the community. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, here's your plugger, here's how he's getting you to radio and PR and, and blogs and all these things. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you need that anymore. Gatekeepers, isn't it? Exactly. And we had this conversation on the last podcast with Goose and he was saying it's a really exciting time in the, in the industry because there's less gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. So more underground artists are able to kind of make a living day to day and have their own little group of people over here that everybody else may not necessarily Mm -hmm. necessarily know about and that's kind of exciting yeah and i think in with social media and that kind of marketing side like smaller tastemakers are becoming i would say more important than blogs so much so so like you know if you've got someone who's got like a fuck ton of followers Mm -hmm. you would rather them tweet being like oh listening to this song today Exactly. then you would get on like fader like what are you what were you going to get out of that Do you know what yeah I mean? also i feel like it's it's made it obviously it's made it so much more saturated mm-hmm. which i think wears out where our like you call it like an art form comes in yeah to say when there were those gatekeepers there there was less people past the gate yeah whereas now when there's less gatekeepers there's soundcloud spotify is about to open up i think um there's so much more competition yeah. And you have to you have to try much harder to build this little subset like an audience that care about you. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this mm-hmm. and they need PR or mm-hmm. marketing or however you want to, they would phrase it, mm-hmm. and they if they if they were to come to Alpha Bravo, they're not going to get they're not going to get the same PR that was like we're going to get you in ten blogs. No. And whatever, like no, you're looking at it as in a, and this is something that's excited us about it and why why we're going down this road this uh-huh. year. Is you're looking at making a an audience, aren't you? Yeah, that's the, like the only thing. Yeah, it's like people power, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, that, which can't be ignored. If you've got an audience, then then those other things will come. Mm-hmm. But if you get the other things, the audience. And we have this won't so come. much that like, we work with like people like, in their forties, fifties, and they're so like, where are the blogs at? Where's the radio at? And it's that like right now, so yeah. And the way like... that it's changed is you need to here's an audience. Yeah. And if a blogs come your audience will retweet, retweet or reshare the fact that you were in a blog yeah. and that would do something. If you have a blog and no one's there to talk about it, it doesn't really matter, yeah. um, which is so interesting. And, and I think once you build an audience, that's something that obviously like making money in, in the music industry is something that's difficult. Yeah. And it's so much easier to make money when you have an audience of people rather than like, I have this one blog 
do yeah. something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, and you don't have to rely on like other means to mm-hmm. create that money for you if you have that audience of people yourself. Exactly. And you can kind of directly reach your fans, uh-huh. which I feel like is going to be how a lot of people go forward. Well, that's exactly what Goose was saying, wasn't it? About mm-hmm. these like little clusters of, um, of, of, of subcultures, like you were saying, um, about, you know, so you get 10,000 people and you pull a thousand people per show, but those thousand people are at every show you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and I, and I think I'd mentioned it on, a, on another episode where you hear these artists and you're like, oh, who's this guy? And they're like, you don't know them. Oh, they're like the biggest exactly. thingy in the, the, that part of... And you're like, no <laughs> yeah, sweet. But that person's making a life out of it. Yeah. And it's probably through techniques mm-hmm. and things that you do mm-hmm. in Alpha Bravo that yeah that, that make it possible, right? I think it's, yeah, it's so beautiful to see that. Like, even artists that we work with, um, I've been at like uh, parties, um, which are like music industry parties. And I've been talking to someone who's like actually got millions of followers. Yeah. But I have no idea who they are. Yeah. And I've said like, what do you do? They've said their name and I've said, oh, what's that? Yeah. And it's like, you're actually, <laughs> and, and when you actually go into them and you're like, oh my God, like you really have this crazy audience. Yeah. You're really killing it. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a nice mm-hmm. feeling. It's something that's like not a million years away from where we were or where mm-hmm. we started, but it's something that's developed in recent years. Mm-hmm. So like, it's harder for us to adjust Mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm putting years on myself now but like <laughs> but you know you did used to think oh we have to just get like a line of best fit or a, well you, you mentioned fader or something and then that legitimizes it yeah and, and you could have had like fucking 300 views on your video and then you're like but i got a line of best fit mm-hmm. so it was a success and it's like yeah was it exactly yeah and i've not met a single person yet and we did say we were going to continue this on the podcast but we haven't done it, but it's interesting. You work in that area and you don't even read blogs. Yeah. And we said it, didn't we? I think it was with Ollie on episode two. Like, does anyone read blogs? And everyone was like, nope. Not I, for me, if somebody's got a good blog, it tells me that they've either got a relevant contact or a fuck ton of money. Yeah. It doesn't tell me anything else. It doesn't, t- <laughs> it doesn't tell me that they're good mm-hmm. or that the song that is on that particular blog has, holds any weight. Mm-hmm. It, just tell, it just tells me that they know someone. Who knows someone or they've got loads of money to pay someone. Yeah, I think it's, it's Which, social proof, right? Yeah, like yeah. Social proof has changed. Like the definition of social proof is now I have this many followers. And, and actually, like it's developing from that. Now, if I see someone who will come in for a meeting, they have 25,000 followers. It doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. you could have bought the followers. Like you could have bought the blog. Yeah, it's the engagement. So now it's it? engagement. Like how many people came to your last show? How many records did you, uh, how, what are your streams looking like? Yeah. But more than that, how many playlists are you in? Yeah. Yeah, playlists. Playlists, oh, <laughs> playlist, like, just one of them worlds to me at the moment where I'm like, oh, I need to know about that world, but I mm-hmm. really can't be arsed with that world. I think it's actually so simple. Like, playlisting is so simple. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything deep to it at all. It is, I think it's again. Says this guy. <laughs> but to be fair, like. year old who knows how to work Facebook metrics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it really is like, here's a playlist. You can't pay to be in a playlist. Mm. That's like the pay payola thing like all of that stuff mm. um there's a curator mm. you can pay the curator to listen to your song but you can't pay them to put the song in the playlist right yeah, yeah. um and if you know the guy like the same thing with a blog if you know the guy he'll put it in equal if you have a big playlist or a big social media you can do a swap where you swap the songs and right. you get their audience and they get yours mm. um or labels and labels do that like we, we worked with labels before and the basis of their playlisting is just swaps oh yeah where they're like you guys have this one we have this one and we're all just like, sharing each other's songs. 
It's kind of nice, but I also hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so unpredictable, but once you get it, um, once you get one playlist, and then so many people are personal playlisting it, like yeah. your, your streams are so consistent. Whereas yeah. before it'd be, here's this huge spike in sales, and then no one cares about your music. Yeah. Like two months after. Now people are like, you're getting thousands of streams, like two years after. Yeah. Which is amazing. Because you're on personal playlists. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the personal playlists are the ones that actually matter. Mm-hmm. So getting on the big playlist in the first place is like, yeah, you got on that big playlist, but it's all the smaller personal playlists yeah. you're going to gain after that. I think it's so also like so important to remember the scale of things. Mm. And when you... S- so many people have huge numbers when you look at your numbers and actually think about those people sitting in a room in front of you or if you yeah. had a gig yeah like some some of our uh, clients twenty thousand followers twenty thousand like forms of engagement and you think like that's like what's the what's the capacity of o2 like it's pretty close to that right? yeah it's tens Something of like yeah that. i think it's a bit more than that but yeah yeah you could, you could feasibly put on a fucking arena show with yeah twenty thousand people so it's like that many people are hearing every one of your songs and they're like retweeting and they really care about you mm-hmm. and that's crazy yeah but it's so right. easy to get lost in this whole like oh but he has this many and i have this many oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and like yeah. no one ever posts their losses on social media yeah no. not at all so like would you when it come because this well, this is all you know we're, we're talking about followers uh quantified by like you know your social media mm-hmm. your instagram twitter your facebook your views on youtube whatever um instagram's Instagram's everything now, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you so. how where, how much how much do you, do you have like a scale of what's important in, on social media for artists, or does it vary artist to artist between you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? Um, it varies artist to artist just because of demographic. So okay. the first thing we do in a meeting is figure out. Um, firstly, ask a bunch of questions about like what type of music are you doing, what's your timeline looking like. Yeah. Um, but then from that point is who is the exact person who's listening to you. Yeah, we do like business marketing too. And who's your like business avatar? Who's your buyer persona? Mm-hmm. Or I call it listener persona in music. Yeah. Which is like, how old are they? What do they? What are they interested in? What else do they listen to? Where do they live? What gender are they? Yeah. Uh, you know, like even things like how much do they earn? Do they have kids? Are they married? Yeah. Really figure it out, and then from there you've built your audience, and then build a bridge between that and your content. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So you That's, don't. We, there was a meeting, a, a meeting we had a, a while ago, and it's a guy who runs a festival in Liverpool. He does a lot more than that, but one of the main things he does is run a big festival that mm-hmm. takes place in Sefton Park in Liverpool. And he was like, "You need to know what trainers your audience are yeah. wearing. Like, what are they buying when uh-huh. they go to the shop? Like, what what is their choice of trainer?" And I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah. How do you find that stuff out? Yeah. It's crazy." And uh-huh. that all speaks to like the fact that. You've got to be like a small business now, yeah, so or a, like a or a, or a, an entrepreneur. You're not just like someone who writes songs uh-huh. and performs. I think it's always so difficult telling people, um, especially younger people who come to us, and they really expect it to be how it is in movies, right? Okay, and then they're, they're like 15, 16, sometimes like fourteen, yeah. and they say, "Oh, you're gonna where are you gonna put me? How's this gonna work?" And you tell them like, "Actually, this is gonna be a lot of work. Yeah, it's right. gonna be a marathon." And even once you get it, it's going to be so hard to maintain that you really have to keep working. Sure, what's that face you just pulled? But still, <laughs> they still keep making films like A Star Is Born. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everybody go and watch A Star Is Born. Shell's That's got, how it happens. Shell's got like a personal vendetta against that film. Uh-huh. No, no, against all of those films in yeah. general. 
like not... David Brent Life on the Road. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly yeah. that. <laughs> it, being an artist and watching it, or being a producer, or whatever, like watching it, it actually kind of hurts in a way. Do you know it, what I mean? It's so hairful. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. and I, honest to God, everyone was telling Don't me to watch f- that movie. Throw on the fire. <laughs> it Jeez. was. You know what? The first person who's actually related with me, except for Goosey, was like, "What film is that?" And yeah. I was like, "Come on." Yeah, well, that's because Goose is all. You know, he's just sat there listening to like new wave jazz. Yeah. In, in the dark. Yeah, to be fair, but. It, it that's exactly what it is and and I felt like that with like all of those kind of films that come out that's about those like struggling artists who one day get their break and it's like it doesn't happen like, I mean mm-hmm. don't get me wrong yeah okay it might happen that like the one of the biggest musicians in the country at that time just happens to stumble into some random bar in the middle of nowhere sees you and goes oh my god I'm gonna marry you I'm gonna go on tour together and you're gonna be the <laughs> biggest thing ever okay yeah maybe yeah. that happens every now and then mm-hmm. but it doesn't and what's your problem with the film but it's not (laughs) what's unrealistic (laughs) and i just think yeah to upcoming artists and especially to like younger artists Mm -hmm. and to younger people in general Uh it creates a really bad environment and it creates a really bad society keep going grandma go on fuck you i think that is something i'm really worried about though in terms because the things you said about trainers what trainers are someone were Mm. they all come out of like their stems of the psychology of a person who will be listening to you so if you figure out how they think you figure out everything that they do and why they're doing the things that they do which is important but equally on the other side of it the psychology um of an artist and being on social media and seeing that everyone's posting all these great things no one posts anything negative Mm -hmm. um and then seeing you know like you release something you don't get what you expected even with all the push yeah. and when you see a bunch of fans listening to someone else and when you see movies like that yeah it's so much stuff and imagine yeah imagine being like i'm 18 imagine being a 13 year old 12 year old who never knew anything but this and constantly feeling this pressure yeah, yeah. you go home like you go to your room and you're still you've got your phone there yeah it's i i feel so sorry for that uh-huh. generation yeah. who have grown up with social social media from day one like their life was posted on social media the moment they were born Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and they've literally grown up with that like we were we were reading an interesting article the other day about like a a millennial burnout and it's about i watched i think i read the same thing did you yeah bbc yeah 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 Yeah, and it it was so interesting and i was if you haven't read it go and read it and we'll post a link to it in the show notes yeah it's really good and it kind of like put it it, it put a name to something that i feel like loads of people feel Mm -hmm. and i and it gave me like a I don't know, it gave me like a little bit of a sense of community with people who are around my kind of age. Mm-hmm. But then I'm looking at people who are like my sister, well, not really my sister's age, but younger than that, who are like still in their early teens, mid teens. And I'm like, oh, you're battling a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Like we're having to try and cope with the fact that we're, you know, all of our parents are like, you can do anything you want to do. And then yeah. we're like, oh no, actually we can't. There's not enough resources for us to do that. Mm-hmm. But they're battling with the constant thing of being like, my entire life's on social media and that's all the good stuff and that's everybody's good stuff. Yeah. What about all the other stuff? Does that really happen? Yeah. Is and that real? It, and it shapes the way you think to yeah. say, yeah. I'm not allowed to feel like this. Yeah. Um, I have a sister who's like 14, so it's the same thing that I watch her go through. Um, and something I always talk to people, like even on our team about, like it's okay to feel the opposite. Mm. You know, it's okay to like, step outside of yourself and, and appreciate that feeling too because yeah. without that there wouldn't be the high but it's so difficult when you see everyone else pushing those highs at you yeah yeah well then the highs become less special exactly as well it's like that becomes ground zero mm-hmm. and, and it becomes it, a front right like people mm-hmm. are really yeah really trying to look 
and we stop we say this to clients all the time like stop trying to be drake or beyonce or whoever yeah, right. like just be yourself and appreciate that you're sh- you're a struggling musician or you're a successful musician or whatever you are and like tell people your story because people will engage with that and that's how you're going to get fans yeah and that's mm. not even like that's good from both sides that's not just like good because that's genuinely what people engage mm-hmm. with like you do engage with that way more if you see someone who just all of a sudden looks like the polished thing mm-hmm. most people are just like what the f- what mm-hmm. like you know you get you get a lot of people who would engage with that i suppose but you you like that story so it's smart from a marketing point of view but it's also just smart from like a being a functioning human point yeah. of view mm-hmm. you know because if you're like social media presence is you're, like you're going to start looking at yourself on social media in the same way that you look at these other people's mm. lives because mm. because they've everything's perfect and you're like why is it my life the way that I put it on social media yeah. yeah so it's not it's not it's not good from any point of view so why would why would you why would you do that mm-hmm. yeah it's like a brainwashing thing and it? it's yeah. like that's just what they that's Scott, I've never thought know. about it, like looking at your own social media yeah. and actually trying to live up to this perspective. Yeah. Resenting yourself on you, it. Yeah. Uh, there's sometimes where I'll go through, my, you know, when you, you're checking your feed to see what you need to throw out, mm-hmm. which is an example of exactly what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> throw out that picture that you took of your feet while you were taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you go through your news feeds and like you feel like happy with the way that your news feed looks and like things that you've done. Mm. And then you're like, oh, but that is literally just all, that is just a story of like, pinpointed moments mm-hmm. yeah, and right. your 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 date and then you and then you have to go and like take the fucking rubbish outstairs and downstairs and put it in like mm-hmm. the most awful bin you've ever smelt in your entire <laughs> life you know and you're like oh what am i doing with myself and that's after looking at your own fucking feed uh-huh. yeah it yeah. makes no sense i mean that's part of our last singles silence was all about being recognized and about being heard and is that important and what do you do to do that? And should you be doing those things to do that? Or what's, you know, integrity and all that. And there was mm. no like right or wrong answers, but that's the same kind of deal, isn't it? Is, is yeah. like, is us, is us, does that make sense? Is us, depends what's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only putting the best stuff online. Mm-hmm. Is that us, you know, bowing to that thing of being like, I'm going to do this because it's going to get me heard and recognized mm-hmm. and people engage with me. Yeah, I think so. But I, I was, I was having a little, thought process yesterday oh god a little brainwave and it was heavy editing on the (laughs) wall no you haven't it was because i was thinking about the star is born and we also listened to a different podcast where the woman on there was like there's no anti-female characters for young women to Uh uh, like latch on to anymore um what do you mean by anti-female so she she comes from like she was she's a lot older so she comes from an age of like blondie and people like that Uh so where it was kind of she was talking about joan jett right uh-huh. yeah basically she okay. was saying you know she used to have if you weren't into like madonna or big superstar um pretty girls yeah you could put on a leather jacket and be into joan jet okay and that doesn't exist anymore yeah. and I, it was still, I disagree with it but okay yeah it was still kind of cool to do that uh-huh. and she said that there isn't that anymore and i just think she's too old of course there is that she mm-hmm. just is hasn't found it yet but i'm i'm starting to find that it's it's more like the christine and the queens of the world who are kind of creating a completely different persona persona for women but i started applying that to kind of like popular culture and i was like what is the what what's going to be the next anti-pop because people get pissed off with one movement and eventually create another movement Mm -hmm. and i think it's going to be this idea of um like putting your shit life out there so for example (laughs) us creating this this podcast of being like well instead of just being like oh look how good everything's going all the time Uh create a podcast where we talk about the struggles of it yeah and i think they're going to start making movies where maybe at the end of the movie a woman's just 
happy that she had a baby and she's working in a call center. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there and, um, is that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the next big moment is like, okay, let's put all the shit on view for everyone to see and look how we're all the same. Because yeah. people are going to get pissed off soon. That's the same thing with like, because we're at a point where we're able to put out the good stuff only. What you mentioned about people having their lives on social media from the start. Mm-hmm. Like, privacy really isn't a thing anymore. Mm. And like seeing that, we're going to have to start to appreciate the negatives. Yeah. And all of that stuff. And I yeah. think it'll be difficult to escape after a certain point. Yeah, I think that's a good thing though. Because mm-hmm. like last year and um, well, twenty from from about 2016, the whole mental health and music industry and creative industries mm-hmm. become majorly... Um, I'm going to start that sentence again because that was dreadful. <laughs> How, it's more prominent. Yeah. You know, like people are talking about it and it's a positive mm-hmm. thing to talk about it. It's not a negative thing to talk about anymore. And you were saying about anti pop mm-hmm. and like Billie Eilish, who's smashing life at the moment, is. And everyone wants to be Billie yeah. Eilish. <laughs> yeah, but, she, but she, she gets described as anti pop. And she, like T was saying, when he first listened to her stuff, he was really not sure about it. And he heard a story and she's talking about depression and stuff. And, um, it, that, that's what, that's what endeared mm-hmm. him to listen to her stuff. I was really happy when I heard her. Like we always have this where we're like, everyone wants to sound like her. Yeah. And I was actually, I was expecting like Ariana Grande, like maybe even like a bit worse than that. Like really, really like poppy. <laughs> right. Like the oh, cheeky girls. Yeah. And then when I heard her and I saw her visuals and I heard her sound and then uh-huh. some of her interviews, I was actually like, pleasantly surprised yeah but she actually does have a whole dimension to her yeah yeah well let's let's leave Billie Eilish where she is because I feel like she's going to come back at a later later bit of the show <laughs> <laughs> okay um I, a side question mm-hmm. okay so you know you said um so uh, well I'm so I'd like a really good music scene at the time when you were growing up so coming from Liverpool and having to like deal with the Beatles for like my entire childhood. Yeah. Did you guys have to deal with E17 in a similar way? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's like with Wolfenstone, like uh, obviously I was quite young when I was there, but it, it was more, and my parents are quite strict, so very like I was not out much. And yeah. that's I think why we left because it was getting quite like serious right. in the area. But I think like it is a really raw place for music, which yeah. is really nice. But now in terms of, because we're, we're mainly like R&B and hip hop stuff, People are using parts of London to show that there's something right. rather than appreciating the music that comes from there. And then like uh, this whole okay. postcode war thing and yeah. all of that stuff. I think people are using sp- spaces as like rep for set kind of thing rather than like here's my type of music from this area. But then if you're if you're like a credible artist and you're like you're like in the, in the postcode war thing mm-hmm. and you bring up E17, yeah. <laughs> your credibility is already just like... <laughs> yeah. What do you want to I'm not saying that they're not. It's just not exactly cool, is it? <laughs> they came back, you know. Did they, they did a little Christmas thing last year, I Aww. think. Oh, no. And they, they all wore oh, no. like <laughs> they all wore like white uh, coats with fur around the around the hoods, you know, and eyebrow piercings and shit. Oh, that sounds sick. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> but you talk the way you were just like, oh. Like you talk about E17 the same way that I talk about the Beatles. And everyone's always like, what do you mean you haven't listened to that album? And I'm like, have you any idea what my childhood was like? That's why I haven't listened to the albums. I have no idea what those albums are about and I intend to keep it that way. Do you not find it kind of inspiring? No. No, No, I find it the exact opposite. I find it... You're more of a silly girl, aren't you? Sure. (laughs) I find it like a star is born... Intolerating, intolerating, is that a word? 
We'll go. We'll rock with it. Yeah, Intolerative. Yeah, it. Intolerating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it annoys me mm-hmm. because everybody because now I think there's a mass or oh, there was maybe it's coming out of it a little bit now, but there was a massive massive problem with the music industry in Liverpool. Like if you weren't like an indie pop rock band of like four lads, there was just no point in putting on a gig or no point in doing a gig because nobody would come and see it. No one gave a shit, and also because you have got so many of them five piece fucking boys slamming guitars they (laughs) they like a lot of them are like let's say 70 percent of them are shit so then everyone goes to those gigs because they think that's all the music there is Mm -hmm. then they think oh these gigs are shit so then when you actually put on a gig nobody wants to go because they think it's going to be shit guitar music and it's like a vicious circle yeah then like nobody then is starting to discover new music because they've been oversaturated with shit music and like they're scared of exploring but that's changing yeah social media like that is about yeah that is even just in liverpool like that's that that i I know what you're saying and i've seen that Mm. but like but that existed a couple of years ago and i think we're coming out yeah with that like you look at everything that limp are doing with the academy and um some of the artists that that we know now that Mm. are from liverpool it's not like that at all it's not now we are coming i did start that whole ramp by saying we are coming out of it it's (laughs) not that bad now but we're gonna have a load of scousers with pitchforks yeah. down to E17 outside <laughs> that door. <laughs> no, they won't because they all get it. I wanna, I wanna just quickly touch on um, two things. One is so with everything we talked about as mm-hmm. is through social media, like that is the the platform on which you operate, isn't it? For all mm-hmm. of this sort of stuff, and that's yeah. what's important. And how important is physical stuff these days? Do you think because like, and by that I mean like gigs, mm-hmm. physical merch, things mm-hmm. like that? Because I hear. I've, there's there's an art the name escapes me right now but there's an artist who is only online mm-hmm. I can't think of what her name is yeah. but she's only online and she, like she's never gig? she's never gigged oh wow I think there's so many people like that yeah like, I, I can there's so many people especially in like R&B and hip hop stuff that just put out songs and also because their sound is actually dictated by the tech which yeah, is behind right. them yeah. so they can't gig with the same sound anyway yeah I think it's different for every genre um, but I think it's important to be open-minded and accept that this whole digital thing is coming um, and kind of in a good way because it is less barriers of entry for your audience Yeah. because they haven't got to be able to afford to come to your gig or they haven't got to be able to afford to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to propagate ideas. Yeah, right. And like we said, like create a concept. But in time, we, we aim to build like um, alternative revenue streams for artists. And right now it's so important, like physical stuff in terms of merch and gigs. Yeah. You're going to make so much more money off of a gig than you will from Spotify streams. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So you think that stuff's still important? Definitely. Yeah. Because that's my my issue. It's like creating the robots to take over the workforce. Like you have to then re-employ the workforce. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, if, you're, if you make everything go digital, then the artist is not going to make as, not, as much money. So is that kind of going to be detrimental again to the industry after the whole fall when digital media came around yeah. mm-hmm. you know it, by by moving everything just to kind of digital formats is that going to create another lapse where like live people start really struggling well it's going to get more into the sort of into the thing that we were talking about where um i think we spoke about it on a previous show where you your favorite artist might also work in a in the post office you know like, yeah or they they have just a normal job that goes alongside the art and like all your heroes that from like the 60s 70s 80s and whatever they were just artists and that's what they did. But mm. then it might become a time where people's heroes from 2019 also 
had loads of other jobs on the side you know mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's kind of beautiful though yeah like to mm-hmm. say that like my queen or my like michael jackson yeah like, at a chinese shop down the road it's <laughs> so nice do you know what yeah, i mean right. and then and it builds this whole thing like, like it's, it's breaking down those barriers eventually like you're not up there anymore <laughs> yeah, you're I a human michael being jackson to work at a chinese shop but now. you know what i mean like it's, it's, it's <laughs> so cool i don't think cool. that would work it's just well. like it's just like moonwalking down the aisles <laughs> just like throwing bags of rice and things and <laughs> I, I think it's so cool to be able to say that like these people will be around us and yeah. uh, we are those people yeah. yeah um and we can share ideas because it become then there's not many people saying like where's that movie there's this person who was up there i'm trying to be that because of the fame and the money and all these things yeah. Yeah. the people who want to be it will be want to be it because of the music because of that's the music. super that's, interesting i've never thought about it like no that. i've never thought about it like that like this yeah that kind of industry is definitely gonna flip the industry back ten, potentially to what it used to be mm-hmm. where it was like people got in it for the love of it mm-hmm. because that's what you wanted to do not because you wanted to become some like crazy star exactly it was only when kind of like industries got hold of that idea that it created it and monetized it in a way that mm-hmm. they did that it made people want to be like i want to do that because i want to be like super famous and have loads of money and shit and then you get all the shit stuff mm-hmm. so maybe actually that that whole revolution which everybody's really scared of might actually be for the benefit of the art itself i mean if you think about yeah i mean this is a little bit off this is still a similar subject but a little bit of a tangent and like if you think about massive massive artists that people that are just outright pop stars a lot of them the thing that makes them le- like almost legendary or whatever is the the the, the, the bad stuff the mm-hmm. still or the or the the, the the glimpse into their real life so you know freddie mercury with that in that bohemian rhapsody film everyone's talking about they're not talking about you know they're like he's so amazing look at him he's like a god on stage but then also he had all this stuff that mm-hmm. was going on which then makes that other stuff you know the contrast is is bigger so you can appreciate that more or like um ariana grande after what happened in in manchester like mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that was a good thing for her career or whatever but you saw that like real human side of her she wasn't just pop star yeah. and then Ariana Grande is like the one of the biggest female artists in the world now. Yeah. Like she was big before, but she, you know, just having that glimpse of the human side, yeah, is is like priceless, isn't it? Yeah, really? and I think in terms of what you mentioned about like sales, also like sales going down. Mm. Um, I did a like the presentation here for people who are like uh, coming up want to know about marketing. Yeah, and I always say like we're looking at the wrong graphs. Like we're looking at sales of physical or sales of digital even, and they're all declining. But if you look at uh, companies' expenditure into uh, influencer marketing. It's like shooting up exponentially. Right. If you look at the graphs where your revenue will start to come from, they're different graphs than physical sales, but you have to be ahead of the curve mm. to recognize that like, here's where I'll be. It's like the SoundCloud rappers. Um, mm-hmm. When they jumped on SoundCloud, they did it because they wanted to propagate information um, in a cool way. And now they're like kings and they're getting signed and all these different things. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just being ahead of the curve. And I think that's another curve. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So you have to be someone who can get ahead of that curve, mm-hmm. or know someone like you who <laughs> can get ahead of that curve. Yeah, is <laughs> it you must like the thing is I think you're. It's super interesting to have conversations like this with somebody, and and I don't I don't feel like I hate bringing it up and I don't feel like it needs to be brought up, but somebody of your age you, mm-hmm. as well, because you must really struggle with going into rooms with clients, and especially in this situation where you have clients with parents and battling with somebody a lot older walking in and being like oh wh- how old are you we're working with you yeah it's especially with businesses 
like in art in like this like mm. uh, parents come in and they already have no idea what's going on like they see a studio and they're already like shook right. but oh, when really you, no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but when you go to like a business and everyone suits and ties and they're like 45 50 yeah and you have to convince them that you're going to increase their sales because you know something about sales apparently yeah. <laughs> um that's really difficult yeah but equally I, th- I think it's a nice challenge and mm. i like communication i think it's the same thing that you said about like there's marketing and everything and it's an art it all yeah. comes around like the psychology of here's this person here's this conversation and it's not like a persuasion but it's i'm trying to take this person on a journey mm-hmm. to help them understand what i see in my head for them yeah and then i don't mention age until the end normally don't yeah yeah like i, I well i'll never mention it or i'll mention like it at the old end. man makeup I, I dress different. <laughs> like I'll dress different. Yeah. 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 So you're not going in just wearing like beat up clothes. And no. Looking like an absolute. To be fair, reprobate. when we first met, I thought you were older than you were. Yeah. I didn't think you were as young as you were, which so, is probably not what you want to hear. But <laughs> what? <laughs> what's your get up if you go into a business? What do you mean? Like, what, what, you, you what are you wearing? Oh, what am I wearing? I'm wearing like suit trousers, yeah. a shirt tucked in, with like top button undone. But then some like some trainers, like some superstars. So it still looks kind of young. Right. And then I'll be on my little bike. <laughs> which kind of like makes me feel look, like look active and stuff okay yeah i also think like language also like language changes so much mm-hmm. unfortunately do you have to like use really um <laughs> the opposite of what i'm doing right now you have to be really articulate yeah and, and like, just chucking the occasional slang words so they're like oh i don't know what that word means yeah like, it's, it's so odd because I, I don't want to talk like that but it's i had a meeting with um, i'm not going to mention the person but they were like very high up in marketing okay for a big company yeah mm-hmm. um but they... I think it's Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but they... Uh, okay, I'm going to give away. But they had like a, a, an artist child yeah. who we were working with. Okay. And they were throwing words at me and I didn't have like a single idea about any of the words they were saying, but they were all marketing jargon. Okay. And I knew nothing about it. So I had my phone under the table and I was Googling what they were saying as yeah. they were saying it. But he didn't realise because right. I had the Amanda with me also. Yeah. Um, so he was saying something, I'll Google it. But then I realised, I, I know what it is, I just don't know the word. He's just throwing those words at you to make you yeah. be like confused. So I think it's about like, it's like a, again, like a barrier of entry to this industry, yeah. but actually isn't about it. When you strip it down, it is just like psychology. Here's a person I need to persuade to listen to this person who we're marketing yeah. and to figure out what this person makes and figure out what that person likes to hear mm. and then a bridge between them yeah that's that's right because oh, it sounds when, so simple it sounds very simple yeah <laughs> but I, you you have that thing of like because i think you're incredibly eloquent when you talk at obviously you know as opposed to when you Thank sing you. um but <laughs> oh that wasn't to me that was to <laughs> no that no that was to no you. Was i mean like you. as opposed like obviously mm-hmm. when you talk um you can see that shell's very eloquent when she talks yeah i am i kind of like <laughs> bulldoze my way through sentences <laughs> <but> <laughs> The eventual like point, you know, is like a masterpiece of a building. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe. Uh-huh. I forgot my original point. Nice, <laughs> no, so like, I think you're very um, eloquent when you talk, but very rarely am I like, do I come away confused mm-hmm. when you talk? I'm like, okay, I know that what you're saying is like, kind of blow my mind because I, I have no idea about that world, but. I don't like I haven't walked away being like what did he just say I don't mm-hmm. really get it that's kind of like we always say we have like four we say four simple steps to marketing mm-hmm. our like we call it a mantra like mm. not a motto like our business mantra is visions realized mm. and we want to keep it that simple where it's like here's your vision um here's how we can help you realize it um and then the same thing like here's your audience and here's how we can help you find them so I don't think it's necessary to like throw in all this jargon and make it feel complicated mm-hmm. um 
And I think it, it doesn't work because yeah. things are getting more simple and you have to respect that and kind of finesse it yeah. being simple and yeah. just be really good at being simple. Yeah, I think like people use that word, those words to, to just seem mm-hmm. bigger and better than you. Yeah. yeah. And as if like, oh, we need to work with this guy because yeah. he just said all this shit that I don't understand. So if I don't understand it, I won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So therefore we need to pay him to do it. Yeah, and that's one thing. Go on. I think they're the people you've got to kind of watch out for. That's what I'm saying. Opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So then I think like we've we've barely started working together, mm-hmm. but we've just had meetings and we're getting mm-hmm. going with it. And I think whenever we come away from a meeting with you, we always don't get me wrong. We always I, I come away because I'm not I'm not mine. I'm not like that kind of person. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm that kind of brain. But like I, so sometimes I do come away being like, fucking hell, my mind's blown. But like you say, I always come away knowing what's going on. Yeah, Good. and what and the I, next step I'm is. Happy to hear that. And that's important that I know what's going on, and I mm-hmm. can still make that decision and be like, well, I can't really do that, or it's not my, I'm not, I'm not up for doing that, or I, we, we I know what's going on, but I still need that help, you mm-hmm. know, rather think, than yeah. being like conned into it. Yeah, it's just so much about honesty and transparency, and say so, because it is unpredictable like mm-hmm. because we're talking about psychology yeah and it's like facebook and like and, and we're using facebook metrics and we're using like facebook business metrics and all these other third parties we're building our own software mm-hmm. at the end of the day like our software only goes into the point where we think this person thinks like this mm-hmm. yeah you and don't there's so know. much which is unpredictable and when you talk to a client it's so important to let them know that we're on the same team mm-hmm. this isn't like some transaction where you give us something we try sell it it's like we're in this together and it's not going to be easy but mm-hmm. hopefully this will be like a long-term relationship and we'll fight it through together yeah i say that was unique as well mm-hmm. yeah I, I would say so I especially think, at this level yeah and i think it's like with stuff like that i always think it is and I, I use the word younger in like a whole generation. I think it is like a younger generation thing, generational thing mm-hmm. that people are coming into that idea of, oh, well, let's make, let's work as a team and make things more accessible than being like, I'm the professional. I'm going to throw all these words at you and then I'm your, you know, I'm going to be your employer because yeah. I know more than you. Yeah. And it's such like an old white male way of looking things, uh-huh. looking at things. Thanks. Same with like uni though. Like, uh, like obviously I didn't go uni, and I should have been at uni now. I should have. They say, um, <laughs> but like I, I speak into like the dean of some really good schools in business and marketing here, and you talk to them, and they actually don't know a lot of the stuff which is going on at the ground level. Oh, that's because, yeah. terrifying. Yeah, because they're researching, right? So they're doing research. They're researching. It may take them a few years to bring out a book. But with the pace of things, like a few years is too long. Yeah. So then you, you go to blogs, but it still takes too long to write something up. Yeah. And equally, that's the same thing with what we're talking about, like psychology and protecting young people. Mm-hmm. Legislation can't catch up with yeah. the, the advancements in technology. That's the whole thing with like Mark Zuckerberg and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Legality can't catch up with what we're doing. Yeah. That's terrifying to think yeah. that there's people, people being be- taught and they're like not up to date. Mm-hmm. A lot of our clients are marketing grads. Like we've got, uh, well, mad, really. we've had like five, six people who are like marketing grads and they have no idea what's going on with marketing. Shit. And, and what annoys me about that is I feel like the people who are in a position of authority in those situations always seem to be the, be the people who like won't admit that they don't know something. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they, they, they will never just be like, oh, actually, I don't think we're the most qualified people in this particular sector right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why it's important for to work with companies like like Alpha Bravo, mm-hmm. like we were talking to Chris about Sappho, things that are, are, yeah. are, are ground level, that care about it, that mm-hmm. have an ethos rather than like, um, have an ethos that's that's more human-based than profit-based mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously yeah. you need to earn money, I'm not, mm-hmm. and that's a priority, but like, 
that's something that's new. Like you were saying, it's a generational thing. Of yeah. like, like we're going to see that more. You're going to see businesses mm-hmm. that give more of a shit about that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's them being able to like say that they're wrong and admit that they're wrong. So important. Or like, yeah. Like even within a team also. Yeah. Like obviously you guys know like in a band being, being able to say like, I actually don't know. Yeah. And, and if someone asks you something, say, I don't know. You might know better than me. Or yeah. I'll often say, I don't know, but I'll come back to you in two days and I will know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll yeah. let you know then. And we that's, like, that's, that's exactly why we, what I, like defer to to people who are better at it like you mm-hmm. or um you know there's no point in me being like well i'm older than this guy so i should know more about that mm-hmm. it's like no well he's that's what he does and, I, and that's not what i do so i defer to him mm-hmm. i do it with t on productions all the time i'll be like right t i've hit a point i've done as much as i can your turn mm-hmm. he does the same all right fire it back to me and we you know you bounce off mm-hmm. it like that you're not like this is my thing and i i, yeah. only, I know how to do that. i think i unfortunately like started like that as a creative i was so scared to have anyone else touch anything and yeah. that's where this all kind of stemmed from being young and making like one single i'm figuring out how to produce <coughs> excuse me I'm, I'm figuring out how to produce in logic i'm writing a song i'm recording a song in my bedroom i'm mixing it and mastering it mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out marketing and figure out how to film a music video and how to get a gig and how to talk to people it yeah. takes like six months to get a single out mm-hmm. which is stupid and then you realize actually i'm not so great at all of those things yeah and i can yeah. even like friends if i just offload and say like could you help me out with this and that's why i came here like with Sappho, that you guys like all the producers are so amazing and at your like specific genres also mm. it's a different level mm. and i think it's so amazing for us to be able to come here and say like okay i'm great at writing can you do this or i'm yeah. great at this can you do that yeah i'd agree with that massively i mean there's is you know like you're saying you got to be a small entrepreneur or a small mm-hmm. business as a band these days I mean, that's one thing, like, we're not, we're not good at marketing, like, or I, or I'm not good at marketing, but I'm probably better at it than someone who doesn't work in a creative industry because being in the creative industry, you have to do exactly what you said. You've got to figure out all these things, mm-hmm. you know, I was never, we were never filmmakers, but we had to, we wanted this to do this thing. So mm-hmm. we're, make, we're making this film and you figure it all out. You then develop a community of contacts where you can go. I have a tiny bit of knowledge about this, but so I can then relay what I'm thinking to this person who has a lot of knowledge about it. And that's so important. Like with with us, um, I try to. We have like 20 different services based on some of artists, some of businesses, and I made it my like my business to figure out a little bit about all of them, and then go to someone who's better. And like researching great thinkers, like for example, like Elon Musk, like mm. he's he's jumping from all these different ideas, um, and he's got the best teams in terms of scientists and um, technicians and all these things but really he's just got a basic understanding of physics and he always says uh, bring it down to the physics um rather than talking it's all this jargon and he'll yeah. go to someone he'll be able to understand what they say without knowing all the intricacies and in that way you can have this whole team around you um and know a little bit about all of it but have people who are much better than you and achieve so much more mm. yeah that's 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 yeah that's great and it's rare that you could <laughs> have, like find that trust mm-hmm. you know it's rare yeah. that you can be like i they i know kind of what they're talking about but i can trust that they know more about it well then yeah. but their their role in that is that they've been an excellent people like people person in the sense that they mm. have employed people who they mm-hmm. can trust to do yeah. that and they've created like one of the strongest teams with in regards to him one of the strongest teams in the world to mm-hmm. do the things like that so you know i guess his speciality is from that point of view mm-hmm. i think for me like coming into all of this like starting a company um at a young age and and in music also and working with a bunch of different people and then employing people 
I really thought it was going to be like this cool thing where I get to, I come from a physics and maths background like really thinking about numbers and being this like cool person who like rides around on a stupid bike and like does cool, <laughs> cool stuff and I realised all it is about is like people yeah. and, and music's about people and just being able to communicate with people and be happy and, and or, or be okay with being sad and, and figure out why people are feeling how they're feeling mm. and build bridges and not burn them down yeah, it's just, yeah. And even like building a team like the article that you were reading mm-hmm. what it says about the different things that make someone have that fatigue yeah things like overwhelming workload mm-hmm. and all of those things like it's so difficult to actually work with people in a good way that works for everyone yeah yeah, yeah. so you're releasing your own ep mm-hmm. soon yeah so is that going to be like marketed within an inch of its life <laughs> yeah. is that going to be like the perfect campaign it's kind of crazy because I'm, I'm kind of sick of marketing. Yeah, but you are. So I'm kind of like, I really love making music mm-hmm. and I kind of just want to make music mm. and I don't really care if anyone listens to it or not. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of refreshing to have that now, whereas before it was like, I really need to make a living off of these songs. Yeah. And I think it kind of felt purer. I thought I was scared of losing it. I was scared of I'm going to jump into business and lose music and be one yeah. of those like 50-odd people who's like, I, I'm a producer, but really they're not. Mm. Um. But I think it's kind of nice being able to say I do this because I love it and for no other reason. Um, yeah, so that EP will be, it will be marketed, but it won't be through the same. I won't be doing like a staggered release. I always tell people to release staggered because no one really cares about you when you're when you're young, unfortunately, or when mm-hmm. you're a small artist. But for me, I'm releasing as a project because cool. I like the way it feels and I like the way it musically flows. Yeah, um, okay. It's unique because I've got to work with so many cool artists. I'm basically saying... Um, Cause I'm a producer and I can't really sing, so I'll, <laughs> I'll write for someone. But I'll be like, "You're so amazing! Jump on this song. Or I've I've got this 16 for you, for you to rap on. Or I've got this or a producer I really like. Can you jump on this?" Mm-hmm. And that's kind of nice. It's kind of like a collaborative. Yeah, EP. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, so. I can't wait for that. And when can we expect that? That will be like late summer, right? Most cool. likely, but it's gonna be like it's so many songs. We just like two months a month ago we were in Paris filming one of the music videos um and that's like the lead music video for a song called Paris um we started naming songs city names and then we realized it's going to be so expensive so we stopped (laughs) that so we did Paris and then we had like Dubai and New York and we scrapped the names (laughs) recording at like 3am and other things okay (laughs) yeah yeah because you can't let people down then can you yeah you can't call it Dubai and being like Hertfordshire yeah shall we move on to the the first segment yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to play the jingle? Go on. Do it. <laughs> this is smooth. Did you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the air? Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like you What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. Don't know the door. What's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? All right. So this uh, segment is called What's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? Um... <laughs> That just, was such a perfect intro. Like everything that that person just said, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's my mum. That's literally my mum. That's crazy. I was on the phone to her like, mum, can you just say these things? <laughs> she was like, okay. Um. <laughs> but um, so our friend Jack is a drummer, very good drummer. Uh-huh. Whenever his parents get off the phone with his grandparents, they say, what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? They oh. just they just don't get it. That sucks. Yeah. It does, it? They yeah. just don't get it. You know, talking about the generational stuff. Yeah. They're just like, so when is he getting a real job? Yeah. Um, so has anyone got anything this this week? Have you got anything? I'll, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one. This is another one where I feel like Jay's going to say stuff and I'm going to be like, oh shit, I do that all the time. You know, like with Goose, I thought yeah. he was going to say stuff and I was going to be like, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh um, wait, I've got one actually. Well, 
go for, go go for it. All right. So, um, this I think it was after reading that article, I turned it to my mum and I was like, interesting read. And then it reminded me, and like the she, the millennial burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and she 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 sent back some like you know some nice comforting message, being like, oh, hope you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but it reminded me of a, of like a time. I was it was maybe just after uni or like maybe a year after uni or something where I was like feeling really shit and I called her and I was like oh you know just you you try and explain what you're doing to your parents and your parents mm-hmm. are kind of just like I don't get it but I'm just going to give you the best advice that I possibly can mm-hmm. and mum was like you know that you're only trying to prove this to yourself it's okay to fail you know and mm-hmm. I was like that's really fucking unhelpful <laughs> that's not cool it definitely sounded better in her head (laughs) yeah it definitely did but i was just like okay and (laughs) i've like watched a couple like i think i watched um i watched a a film last night on netflix and the mum is like you know it's 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 okay to be shit or it's okay to 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 not to not do well at this and she was like that's just not what i needed right now i needed some like inspirational mum speak about how it's all gonna be okay yeah right i mean i can't i can't comment on that my mum's my mum's amazing at all that stuff yeah same i think it's so important to have like something i was watching like a jeff bezos interview saying about he couldn't have done anything without unconditional love right so having someone that you know if or like shit hits a fan in every possible way. Like you got someone you can just go home and like go sleep and someone will say like, I love you. And it would just all be nice. Yeah, and yeah. It gives you this like, I can go out into the world and fight and then come back and I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you do need that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, that, is so un- that is so, un- <laughs> no, that's so underrated. That is a thing that uh-huh. people need. Yeah. Because oh, there'd, be, there'd be so many, t- my mum lives in Australia now, but she, when she used to live in the UK, Whenever anything went wrong, I'd call her and I'd be like crying. I'd be like, this has happened. And half an hour later, I'd come off the phone. And I'd be like, it's all good. Now I can go back to life. Mm-hmm. And you feel fine. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have that as much recently mm-hmm. just because, you know, 12 hours and all. <laughs> um, and you do it does make a massive difference because you'll dwell and like simmer mm-hmm. on things for days and days exactly. and days. And it can really affect you. And those conversations, like I have the same thing with my mom. I'll come home and it's like 12 at night and she's like really trying to go to sleep. Oh, can I talk to you about this one thing? <laughs> yeah. And I realise that it's like a 10, like, like 10 minute conversation to like an hour, two hours. But it's really just me thinking and talking. Yeah. And I'm just throwing it at my mum and she's throwing something back. But it's really what I just said. And it allows you to feel comfortable and yeah. just figure out what you're thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a nice one. It That's was. the nicest one we've ever had. It was. Um, <laughs> Have you got anything from, from your work with Alpha Bravo or here at Saffo? So or, this, is, just, people, this you know. is things that we hear. That yeah, are. so just, you know, like this kind of stuff, like in that little jingle, we, you know, Shell gets things all the time. It's like, I don't understand why you don't just go on the X Factor. You have the um, Billy Eilish thing, right? We haven't talked about, we talked about that earlier, I suppose. Yeah. You could, you could have that. Yeah, that just sucks. That, <laughs> that sucks. Because, yeah, it's like painful. Because for us, it's like we can't push so many Billy Eilish. Yeah, because everyone wants to do Yeah, like there's right? only one of her. Uh, but equally it's, it's sad because it's on the other side it's like you know there is actually only one of her like yeah. you're not gonna like jump in front of her and be like ooh I'm better do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean like you're you yeah <laughs> like you, you really like you have to be your own thing yeah. and that's another thing like social media we see her it's like ooh I'm really gonna do that and do it so much to her mm-hmm. equally with like sounds like a lot of artists like when I've been producing like you, you ask someone what they've been listening to 
then they go and record and it sounds exactly the same. Yeah. They're trying to get an album done and it's like a long process and every song sounds like what they've been listening to on the drive yeah. to the mm-hmm. studio. <laughs> yeah, people think that references are like, like you're copying a reference. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, a reference is there to give you an idea, to give you a vibe, mm-hmm. to give you some sort of direction that you're going in. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like we're recreating this track but it's your oh, version. So many people like that. Like people, and also people who aren't able to leave the trust in your hands yeah. and say, like, I've had people go, like, I want the drums off of this, but like the, the percussion as well as like the synth off of this. It's like musically that does not work together. Yeah. But yeah. it's like you have to, they can't trust you with figuring out something that works. And same thing with marketing, where it's like, I want this blog or I want this award or I want this radio show. It's like, well, it's not going to get you what you want. And we'll, we'll actually like propose a whole proposal and then they'll come back and say, I actually just want that one thing. And then two months later, we'll come back and say, why did this not work? Like they're screaming at you down the phone. It's like, I proposed this exact bit, same thing to you. And you spent all your money in the wrong place. And I told you not to do that. Yeah. And yeah. it just kind of sucks. But it's your fault. Yeah. Because you're the marketing guy. <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. Like having to pick up the phone and be like, I'm sorry, like, it won't happen again. And it's, it's yeah. just really. Oh yeah. That must be one in itself. Uh-huh. knowing that you're right but on the phone just being like sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah okay i understand and then you have to go back yeah. to your team and tell them but like, i have to go to like for example like dear Amanda will be doing something um and making something mm-hmm. so client hated it it's, it was it's <sighs> trash i love it it was trash but it's your fault yeah. and my fault <laughs> yeah um and it's like it's the craziest thing to do because as a creative working in marketing you're always like this is my vision like it's so beautiful and this is their vision and that's so beautiful and i've built this thing and when they turn around and say to you like "Mm, this isn't good this isn't good this isn't good but you know that it's going to achieve what it needs to achieve if they put it out and what Mm. they want it to achieve. yeah and then it doesn't achieve it because they changed it and then it comes back and they're annoyed at you Mm. that really sucks i thought you were going to bring there's one that you mentioned last time we had a meeting Mm -hmm. i thought you were going to bring this up which is um people who have people who are bad at instagram and stuff but have a good following or whatever i remember you bringing that up yeah and i imagine it being like like you go to an open mic and a guy who's learnt three chords picks up a guitar and he can barely sing and he's sort of he thinks he's doing it but he's kind of not everyone's sort of cringing but you're kind of like that was good mate thanks (laughs) i imagine like people's instagrams and their their marketing tools and stuff like that you look at that and go like yeah you're kind of doing it yeah but not really. <laughs> and that's the same thing like with the other thing where you have to say like oh you're doing really good and then you can't tell them that you're like not good at this but <laughs> if you don't tell them you're not good at it like they're gonna still think that they're better than you at it and mm-hmm. fail to give you that trust yeah so then you're trying to say well maybe we should try this and i like, know but i've got it on point like this and we're, sh- we're throwing like kpis like uh, performance indicators at them saying that like, more this isn't looking like this isn't like well no this should be like this how people who say this celebrity is able to do this why can't i do this or why can't my son do this yeah, and it's yeah, like well because right. you're not that person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which really sucks no what we were talking about with that we were actually looking at t's profile because we were like what is annoying is people who have t's profile yeah, oh it was t's profile because we were like people who have sick profiles but don't like market themselves at all this was a really cool like feed right yeah like, yeah his pictures were on point they were like yeah. sick and he's like i remember when he was like making that profile and he was like pro- he spent <laughs> days it, yeah. and he didn't sleep because he was like staying up till fucking 6 a.m in the morning just scrolling through his news feed like uh, scrolling through his feed trying to get it all right uh-huh. but then like 
<laughs> I, don't puts, think, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I remember him saying he was like up till silly hours, just like scrolling through his phone. Mm-hmm. And then you look at him and he's like, just doesn't market itself in any way whatsoever, but creates this sick feed. And I remember you being like, oh, that really fucking annoys uh, me. I feel yeah. it. He, he could be so good. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's where people are investing. Yeah. And like when it really hurts me when I see like you spent this much money on studio um like this much money on studio time and this much money on like this that and the other mm. but you really don't want to spend on people hearing what you're doing yeah. but then you're going to get annoyed when no one hears what you're doing i'm totally guilty of that i'm so <laughs> he is really shit at social media i'm just uh-huh. i just it's never the thing that pops into my head to be like i'm going to post about this mm-hmm. i'm going to do this now as i'm doing it so like what last year right i was rammed busy i was doing like the music for a short film i was recording this podcast was working in Sappho and was doing all the Delia uh, release mm-hmm. for the last the last uh, release of the year, and I I, I, don't, I didn't post a single thing because I was just so busy doing stuff. And then I'm not that kind of person who can be like, 2018 was great, did this, did that, did the other, and like you put it all online because it just doesn't feel like who I am, and it just feels totally false and wrong. But I know that I should be doing it, mm-hmm. yeah, and I know that it's good for me. Not not just like a um, creative point of view to be like, look at all these things that that I can put out into the world, but also from just like a, a business point of view mm-hmm. to be like, Oh, this guy does that. Maybe we'll get in touch with him. Do you I feel just... like it's a graph period? Like you're grafting and you're like, I feel like that right now where it's like with an EP and with the whole business stuff, like yeah. I'm undercovers, like I'm working and yeah. no one has to see. But when, like for example, everything you just mentioned, like when that all comes out, like we obviously had our meetings and everything yeah. you guys have got lined up is crazy. When it all comes out, it's like, geez, like, yeah. where did this come from? Maybe. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing with the producing mm-hmm. is that, because it's not my thing uh-huh. i'm not posting about it yeah. you know what i mean but maybe yeah. i should be you should guys be definitely like, yeah. should be like the music that's coming out of here and like so many of because most of the artists come to us mm-hmm. and i mark where this is coming out of those two studios yeah. and they come in here and market like you guys should be like blowing it up yeah we should i'm so bad at that stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm, i am see i'm the, i'm the opposite where i self-sabotage myself on social media so after <laughs> Okay. after our last meeting so i don't have my own <clears throat> my own profile because my profile yeah ended up being the delia profile um so i didn't have my own but that was annoying for me because i haven't got my own creative outlet mm-hmm. and i'm really anal about what goes on the delia feed and mm-hmm. it has to like look right and whatever so i was always a bit like oh i need my own space and i think after our last meeting you were like you need your own personal profile because Definitely. people will enjoy looking at your life and then go on to look mm-hmm. at what else you're doing yeah. because you'll be posting more on a personal profile. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So since our last meeting, which was what, like a few weeks ago, maybe a yeah. couple of weeks ago, I created my, like, an, <laughs> I created my own profile. Okay. And I'm not going to say what the name is or anything like that because I really don't want people to follow it because I don't even, I've been so anal about the first few pictures that <laughs> posted. I've like deleted, re-uploaded, deleted them re-uploaded them deleted them re-uploaded them i can't i can't like decide on a bio i can't decide what's right i'm like what do i need from this and this is like two weeks in and i i just need to like be like hey guys by the way i've got a personal profile yeah. i want to follow it i'm like no it has to be perfect that's the thing like it is literally like it is just you it's so and people bad. are gonna love you for you and, and like, that's what I need to yeah. like get over and I just be like I just need to be like just post whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. well, not you know within reason yeah um but I can't I, I can't get over it I have it. multiple accounts I've got five Instagram accounts no, now, you like, not. yeah <laughs> five Instagram accounts <laughs> but I see it as like art yeah and I'll like delete one and then strategically make it another like I don't care if it's got following or not yeah but it just feels so good like I've I've got 
clothing line, a gig company, um, a, a community. I've got six, a, a community for young entrepreneurs, Alpha Bravo Studios, ABS Vision, which is for <laughs> marketing, and yes. then my personal. I couldn't. I couldn't you were born, live. You were born after 2000. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think like some of them have that very few followers, but it's literally a creative. Oh, then I have, an, I have another one. I have a, called Jaytoven, like J and Beethoven. <laughs> Like that, no people are gonna go to that. It's got like ten followers. I follow like ten people, and Not that's like yeah, <laughs> that's like everything that's so personal to me. Yeah. The things that I just like, like clothes, or if a new like new kit comes out, or a new mic comes out, yeah. or something I truly really like, I just put it somewhere, and if anyone cares, they can see it. You ever cross contaminated <laughs> by accident? Yeah, <laughs> it's been crazy. Like I on the marketing account for companies, like I've posted crazy stuff, like music screenshots of some like dodgy videos. <laughs> And it's like people are messaging me who are like company people and like messaging me like, is this a new ploy that you're doing or something? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's Trust all, me. It's all about the yeah. intrigue. That's what's going on. That's it's shocking. Funny. That's funny. Um, should we move on to the final smack? Yep. You're going to be blown away by me this week. All right. Because I actually did some research. Okay. What's this? What I've been listening to. Oh. I never do research. Mm-hmm. Well, you research what you've listened to. No, like... She never listens to I music. I never listen to music. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you so do? Confused. What do you do? I just don't, like... I don't know what it it's is. That's not, like, not what she does. She just doesn't. I just don't. And to be fair, this podcast has, like, forced me into listening to stuff. And it's also <laughs> forced me to oh. realise my listening pleasures and probably realise why I didn't like listening to music. It's because I just don't like listening to music with vocals in it. What? So I only ever listen to stuff that's not got vocals in it. What about your stuff? I listen to I listen to my stuff when like when I need to, and oh, sometimes I, and sometimes I will enjoy my stuff as well. Where I'll you know I'll just sometimes listen to I'll it. Enjoy my stuff. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I think once you've been, it's hard to it's hard for me to take a step back from the creation process. Mm-hmm. It's only ever now every now and then when I'm in like a very serious mood that I'm like oh, I, I really want to listen to my stuff and really enjoy it from like a, a public point of view. Mm-hmm. okay otherwise i'm just like can't do that for me like a significant time has to pass like if it's two yeah. years old i can listen to it like, that was an interesting time yeah do you know what i mean but if it's like yesterday it's a bit difficult no mm-hmm. i enjoy making it and when i'm making it i'm like oh my god this sounds beautiful and then when i release it it's like i don't listen to it for a very long time mm-hmm. unless and you know what the only songs that have made a difference or been have, like been against that is this this next trilogy Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the demos like constantly and like mm-hmm. actively really enjoying them. I don't know why. I bet you as soon as they're not demos anymore and they're produced, I won't listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. I've never heard that. Like a, like a lead singer and not listening to stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool though. Yeah. Because well, I- I'm trying to make it my thing because people, when people <laughs> first hear that, they're like, right, well, you're clearly shit. But I was shook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, if, if I make it my thing and take it on and just be happy about the fact that it's my thing and, you know, not yeah. let people get me down it's about that. It's interesting though, then, because you'll sound like you. That's you know the, what I mean? This is half of the problem. So I've always said this and I've said this about any sort of art, like books and films as well. I get too emotionally invested in things so that, especially when I finish reading I don't read a lot of storybooks because I I, I have to recover from it for like a week or two afterwards Mm -hmm. and it really hurts and I'm the same with series that I really get into and kind of the same with movies like you know like the Mm -hmm. Harry Potters or something 
I get like too emotionally invested and it's the same with music as in I feel like I take on too much of that music so I went through a big Christine of the Queens phase and then as, as soon as I was writing I was like I felt myself being like I really want to write something like this and then I was like no that's yeah. not what you sound like and you need to not do to that, that. Yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. so like I feel like I have to take a step back otherwise I get too drained by it uh-huh like but music without vocals is really powerful though yeah especially when you're working yeah there's been all these studies into like how vo- vocals or like lyrical vocals take away from how hard you can work yeah definitely I find that mm-hmm. so that's my that's my go-to now yeah so I started listening to that chill jazz music yeah and like with piano also, like I was playing normal piano before, mm-hmm. but like learning jazz just makes you like makes me at least produce so much better. Does so it? I'm thinking of these different chords and these different like ways of moving and different like melodies. Yeah. But you just put in like on a harp, like just panned somewhere random. Yeah. It just makes a whole new feel. Yeah, little nice nice little texture. Yeah. To latch on to. Mm-hmm. I like that. So on to everyone's favourite smegment. Yay. Who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who even is he lad? Were you um, recording all that last bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Recording it all. Um, so, uh, what have you been listening to this week? So, I've been listening to... Oh, straight in. Because <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> what, have been listening to a couple of albums? <laughs> no, well, I've recently started a new venture in a yoga studio. So, uh-huh. whilst I'm there, I like to listen to, you know, some nice music. And um, I started listening to a guy called Sebastian Plano. Plano? P-L-A-N-O. Um, and the reason why I picked it was because the artwork on an album that he released this year called Verve is cool. And recently I'm starting to kind of, I think we've had this conversation before, but I'm really starting to listen to things based on its artwork. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so into artwork at the moment. Yeah, we and talked about that before. I kind of don't care what it sounds like. If it's got good artwork, I'm going to so listen to crazy. it. Yeah. That's so odd. Yeah, I know. It's, it's strange, yeah. like artworks. And I think it's because I've found like a new love for vinyl again. So when I see artwork, I'm instantly drawn to a vinyl. What about like people who like some artists don't have any part in the creation of their artwork? So their artwork might not be anything to do yeah. with their sound. Yeah, I know. That's then, then the person who's created that artwork is a fucking genius and I want to work with them. That's <laughs> but, you, but you are an artist though like you sketch and draw and paint and yeah do all that shit i've never asked you like, what's your thing like because i've used so much so much stuff like what is what do you, what do you call yourself if, if when people ask me like when they're oh, like i loved it if you'd just been like shell <laughs> no when people say like oh so what do you do i'm always like oh, i'm a musician mm-hmm. i think okay and then because i i although i do artwork i don't know if i class myself as an artist mm-hmm. just because i don't know we've had this conversation is like ha, when do you start naming yourself something that you are mm-hmm. and I, for me i'm always kind of like when it feels like it's a profession mm-hmm. and my art right now is something that i enjoy doing and i do a lot of and i aim to turn it into a profession but right now it's not mm-hmm. so i just yeah I, i'm a musician because i do that professionally like that's what i make the majority of my living out of right mm-hmm yeah, that's so interesting, so. yeah. So you've been listening to Paul Dano? Yes. What? Sorry. Paul Dano? Who's Paul Dano? The uh, actor, director, dude. No. Sebastian <laughs> Pla- Plano. Pla- Plano, Plano, P-L-A. Pl- like, looks okay. like piano. Okay, and what's the album? Um, The album is called Vev, and it is... It, it, if you have listened to any other of my recommendations in the past, it is almost exactly the same as all those. This uh, <laughs> is piano-based kind of electronic yeah very work music cool. fits very well in a yoga room cool. 
yeah. I need to listen to that. Will it Very play nice. in the podcast? We'll put it. We'll put the link in the show okay, notes. Okay, cool, yeah. perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, nothing worth noting. Well, you were so excited. You were like, I've been listening to Love like this week. <laughs> well, the thing <laughs> was, like, I've I listened to this one song by this one person. No, I've been listening to an album actually. And well, there was <laughs> there was a few other people. One guy called Akuga, A U K I A. Can't pronounce any of the names. That's the problem. Oh, quiet. Oh, quiet. Oh, quiet. Yeah, I've showed you him. Yeah. So the reason why I started listening to all these other artists was because of him. Is that the album Reminisce or something? Yes, that one. So they're all kind of the same artists. They all do the same things. Yeah, that's nice. That's got like an oriental thing going on, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah, really good though. Yeah. A lot of like guitar-y, picky stuff in yeah. there. It's really nice. Uh, Jay, what have you been listening to? Uh, so it's, like, it's going to be completely different from this song. Yay. But it's like, um, it's a couple artists who Rick hopefully Ross, will be... Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully will be on the EP. So not whether okay. you Rick Ross, but yeah. uh, a guy called OG Kemi. Okay. So he's like one of my friends. Mm-hmm. We just dropped a track called Three Minutes of Toxic Masculinity. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Um, it's very like I really, out of there. That sounds really it's cool. cool. Um, and another guy called Fix Up Boy, who's dropped mm-hmm. a couple tracks recently. Yeah. They'll both be hopefully on the EP. Yeah. Um, as well as like a guy called Octavian. And we were speaking like about people. Yeah, people who are like, have a whole circle. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the world doesn't know about them. Like He's one mm-hmm. of those guys that Drake shouted him out. Um, he's doing like huge shows in the UK like he just done a track with Skepta Mm. Um, he's doing huge things but no one's really heard of him I like that he doesn't sound mainstream at all like he has a really cool sound that's cool that's cool I I find that with um, Yeba as well she released like two tracks I think it was like one track and and another track on just just on a video Mm -hmm. like a live session and she's working with fucking everybody isn't she yeah um and she's doing, she's doing like a session for Beats One and stuff and absolutely smashing it. But then you're like, but no one's ever heard of her. Yeah. yeah. It's mad. It's so cool. Um, I, Anyone else? No, that's pretty much it. So, I'm going to actually, so. I'm going to go and listen to them this week. Yeah, yeah. That sounds well cool. Um, I got two. I, got, I usually come with like a fucking sack full. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. I've got two this week. Um, I got um, a guy called Mac Ayres, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, A-Y-R-E-S. Kind of stuff. Uh, two albums, Drive Slow and Something to Feel. And it's kind of like, it's super chilled R&B jazz sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, like really nice chordy stuff, real nice synths, real nice electric pianos, really nice guitars, super lazy drums, beautiful um, beautiful vocal tone. And like, yeah, yeah, it's just good. It's just so good. It's just put it on and you just feel relaxed instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to listen to those two because that's exactly <laughs> what I need. Like I've been listening to the same yeah. chill jazz playlist for about two months, oh, so I need yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah. This this is this is also got the kind of thing where like it came on when we were eating somewhere, and I started singing along to it, and I was like, I fucking know this song. And then like Siri, you know Shazam, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he came up, and I was like, never heard of this guy in my life. Listen to it, and then again, I find myself like singing along to it and humming along to it. Uh-huh. So it's like it's jazzy and it's technical and it's that is so cool good but then it's, it's got that poppy side to it where it's like i do i know this is this got a catchy chorus that i you know and you can't help but sing along yeah. to it after you hear the mm-hmm. chorus once um and then the other thing i've been listening to is wide-eyed boys ep oh, um yeah. ollie naggy who was on episode two of the podcast their ep sun again came out i think a couple of weeks ago now so mm. i'm a bit late to the party but it's great and okay. wolves 
the I think that's a I lead like track off the EP. I know Sun Again's obviously the lead track off the EP, but Wolves is a fucking it's a great banger. Song. Yeah. And there's a tune called Fire on there as well, which I think is like taking them in a poppier direction. Cool. Which is really cool. cool. I quite like one more. Is that cool? Yeah. Go for it, yeah. Okay, like this is like this is really cool. Oh <laughs> this guy called <laughs> you probably heard him like Corey Henry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's seen album him live. revival. Like I had never heard of him, like come like a month ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like his album the revival, like Oh my god! Like it's so beautiful. And I was, you seen him live? Yeah, yeah we 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 met him, didn't we? Oh my! I went on a night out with him. Oh my! <laughs> I would be so gassed. I just been watching all his lives, and when he goes to like the Yamaha shows, and all he's like organ playing, shit. It's beautiful. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's and, like, when he was like four or five years old. You watch his videos, and he's way better than anyone I've seen yeah. in real life. It's he's mad. insane, isn't he? We watched them. Snarky Puppy, who he plays for, uh-huh. came to Liverpool when we were at uni. Everyone went to go and watch him because everyone's like music nerds and all like, yeah. oh, we're all going to go and see this really technically brilliant band. <laughs> and we all just sort of like scurried on down there and watched it. It was fucking unbelievable. It's amazing. How then, did you like get, yeah. And then we got, they they went and played this place called Hannah's Bar in Liverpool uh-huh. that run like, you got music on like five or six days a week. So we all know all the function players and yeah. everyone's playing together and everyone knows each other. Snarky Puppy just come down for a drink. Into- right, he skipped over a whole part of the story, yeah. It was mine and my friends doing as to why they came to Hannah's that night. And oh, I, I will take credit for this. <laughs> right. Because one of our mates who was with at the time, incredible, incredible guitarist. Uh-huh. And like, Snarky Puppy was his world. And he was like, I'd do anything to, to be in that band, to play in that band. And I mean, you know, obviously that's like pie in the sky. But that night we were pissed and I was like, right, we're going to get these guys out afterwards. We're going to get a meeting with you. That is so cool. <laughs> so like we just stayed around, like we just kicked around the venue afterwards, me and a friend of mine, got chatting to the trumpet player. And then we were like, what are you doing afterwards? And the trumpet player was like, don't know, actually, we were like, right, there's this sick bar called Hannah's, come down here. And they were like, yeah, all right, sweet. So they all that's followed crazy. us down to Hannah's. And a friend, like a few friends of ours were playing, um, like, play a function band uh-huh. and mate snarky puppy just got up in the middle of hannah's and started playing a fucking michael jackson medley yeah oh, but it, it was whoa. insane it wasn't snarky puppy. that's the thing it wasn't like drummer and no it, it was like Corey henry was on drums uh-huh. so you know he's like keys player for them he goes on drums trumpet yeah. players singing um some other I think, I think the bassist was playing bass <sighs> yeah um everyone's just like swapped instruments Corey henry is killing it on I, drums. Oh, it was ridiculous the trumpet player <laughs> is like smashing out these michael jackson songs Proper high notes. It sounds like dreams. It, it, it like, really I was. would really be on that. Everyone's on tables, like, oh filming it. Oh, my. It was it was insane Sick. i've got I've still got like videos from that night wow. and like pictures then, with Corey henry and stuff like that so then the actual drummer for snarky puppy this is like way later on uh-huh. everyone's getting kicked out of the bar and the actual drummer's not done anything because he's like too way too cool and um cory henry's like pissed isn't he yeah. like properly he got pissed. proper larry and he gets really larry and he's like shouting and like someone's trying to put away their gear and he's like oh let me have another go on that man or whatever and the drummer just is like he's just kind of just he stood at the bar barely moves and he's like cory and cory's like what? and then he's like just makes this little gesture for him to come yeah. over and Corey Henry's like a told off little kid and he's like walking back to the <laughs> to like the main drummer like mm, sorry <laughs> is he as like humble as he s- seems <laughs> he wasn't on that no night. really no. he might be now though because he might like, be this was a few years this ago could, yeah this was a few years ago and he was hammered but everybody around him was like oh that guy's an asshole really yeah he was that he kills was, it for me yeah. that he's like, he was just loud no. yeah, he was, excited that, that, it could have just been because he was just a bit over the top with everything mm-hmm. and he kind of like 
I mean, everyone was around him, like, proper gassing him, like, oh, my God, uh, constantly yeah. talking about how amazing yeah. he is. So, I mean, I, I guess if you get that and you're pissed, you're obviously going to have an air of, like, uh-huh. overconfidence he was on the you. He was on the precipice of how big he's got now. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was, like, it was just before the young that. keys player in uh-huh. Snarky Puppy. Yeah. That look at how good this guy yeah. is. He's going to be yeah. Sick. Bill so Lawrence was just like... below the uh, surface, and yeah. then so it was probably him just uh-huh. tipping over the edge. So he's probably he probably is really humble. Yeah, and he's definitely this was like what four years ago. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. So he's probably changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hopefully. he was just Hopefully. <laughs> that was yeah. He was okay. just running right. That's the coolest night. story ever. <laughs> it's cool. It was like, <laughs> when you, you said Corey Henry, I was like, you're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was nuts. Like. Um, a side note, um, for your listening, uh-huh. kind of like work mode, have you listened to Boards of Canada yet? No. Right, okay, I'm going to send you that because it's Sick. it's the, it's the my work album go-to every time. Uh-huh. It's just like cool, electronic, kind of very concert music, but it's really good. Do you remember Salad Fingers? No. Oh, you're too young. Too young. So there was like an age... You're not missing out on anything. Actually, no, you're not missing out on a little. <laughs> you know, you're in, you're in school and you're in your IT lessons and uh-huh. you always watch some stupid cartoon that you yeah. weren't meant to watch. Well, ours was Salad Fingers and anybody of our age knows of Salad Fingers. <laughs> okay. And there was this piece of music that was always at the beginning of Salad Fingers. When I started listening to Boards of Canada, there's a, a, the third song of the album that I'll send to you. Mm-hmm. Um, is like a... 10 or 15 second long song and I, as soon as i listened to it i was like oh my fucking god that's the salad fingers song and <laughs> like nice. had i have known at the time i would have been all over this band but i think they're like 20 years old or something when you Just, say no. what are you talking about though? i think they're what's well, well, a canada I don't know. We're twenty year olds now. No, I mean like the band. The band is twenty years old. Oh, yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not twenty years old. No, they're old, old. I think. Alright, so. But I'll send you it as some uh, mm-hmm. working. When you say like work, what does that look like? That was work look like for you. For me. Yeah. <sighs> I've been like thinking about this so much lately. You know, I just don't know. Very it's different. It? Every day is totally uh-huh. different. It's so. Work, work, actual work uh-huh. is like I do some part-time work in a yoga studio. Uh-huh. And then I do like obviously go to gigs. So like most weekends are booked up with like uh-huh. three or four gigs each weekend. So there's like the weekend evenings taken off. So then during the day, you're kind of like, okay, well, I know I've got to be productive and I know, productive and I know there's shitloads that I can do, but I wouldn't class any of it as work. It's just shit that I need to get done in yeah. order to progress other areas, i.e., I need to get these prints and artwork finished because if I ever want to start that as a career, I need to like get a substantial uh-huh. amount of yeah, prints. Yeah, or there's like funding applications. Funding applications. <laughs> you mentioned that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Emails that need to get sent for, for Delia stuff, you know, just like general admin stuff uh-huh. that needs to happen for that. Or there's general admin that needs to happen for just our normal weekend gigs or that needs writing, to happen. recording. Writing, recording. At the minute, we're, I'm spending Producing. like almost all of my days creating this book the it sounds so it sounds really nice though like this whole thing like it is it is but you have to battle with yeah like there's not there's only two out of all of that that i've just said there's only two bit two bits that actually make money Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say that you're working professionally Mm -hmm. at things when they're not getting you any income at the minute Mm -hmm. because you're like there's no payoff you don't mm-hmm. see a payoff i class anything where i'm sat at a laptop as work same i could be like do you netflix yeah. is work yeah, yeah man, downloading films <laughs> yeah um like do my fantasy football if i if i'm doing it on my phone i'm just chilling but if i'm if, I, if it's so heavy that i have to go onto my computer to do laptop. it i'm like 
just gotta do some work. And <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of like how a lot of people are defining. It's like a similar week to like mine. Is it? Yeah, like looking yeah. other than like the gig, unfortunately. Like everything else <laughs> is kind of like that, and it's kind of nice. But equally, you feel like you're like it's sometimes difficult to see where you're going, right? Yeah. I don't know if you get that. Totally. Like, I get that. All I think the time. that's why. Yeah. There was there was one point I think last year that Alex was like screaming at me and being like, "You need to do your artwork because." I, I didn't have anything that I was working on that mm-hmm. had a clear end point. Yeah. And for me, for somebody who can't even launch their own Instagram profile because the first six pictures aren't right. Yeah. For me to work on a project where I can't see an end point and I can't see something, whether something's right or whether something's not right, mm-hmm. that's so hard for my mind to, to get through that. And it often ends in me just being like, oh, fuck it. You yeah. know, so whereas with artwork, it's like I... I work on a piece of A4 art, I do a sketch, it's mm-hmm. done. I can go, oh, I achieved that today. And we put that to one side and I start on the next one. And like, that's my piece of achievement. Yeah. Because when, like, you'll know when you're working in music or anything like that, there is very rarely an end point at which you can go, oh, I've achieved exactly. that. Like, you're even never, when you like, you're happy with it. You're never happy with never, it. Never. Even when you create the music and even when you put the music out and even when you create the video and you put the video out, there's always something like, oh, but the marketing of the video and this mm-hmm. of the video and then... You know, there's never like some nice round end point where you can go, mm. okay, and that's that box stuff. We'll put you that also, over there now. Like especially in music, you also have like we uh, we've got what fucking hundreds of demos. Yeah, yeah, that are never being finished up. Yeah, I saw produced. some meme where it's like some huge book of like beats and songs, <laughs> and then yeah. like, you have two which are, like these are the songs that are finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that you actually released. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask, like I forgot to ask, like with the production that you do, yeah, like at Sappho and other places. How do you like balance like if it's work or if it's like this is music? This is like my because for me it's like I'm doing music because I love music. Mm. I'm doing marketing because I love this side of it, but that's also like uh, like a job. Mm. How do you balance the two? How do you do? You never get sick of it. Um, I'm so I don't know. I suppose I'm a bit of a rare case. I don't really get sick of it. Mm. I never get sick of music and stuff. Mm. Um, I get sick of the same thing over yeah. and over again. So if I'm working on the same song over and over again i get sick of that uh-huh. but it's not i don't get sick of doing music uh-huh. um i hit a point where i was sick of where i thought i was sick of music but really all i was sick of was just my own state of mind of being like feeling like you're grafting and not getting anywhere yeah. it wasn't the music mm-hmm. so i would define it between like work and sort of passion stuff mm-hmm. um one is if there's like an end goal that's like it's like tomorrow i'm going to be working because i'm doing the live backing tracks for us yeah but if I was just working on a production, I wouldn't, like, of our next singles, I wouldn't class that as work. I'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to do some production today. Yeah. So And and with, with producing here at Sappho, it kind of depends client to client mm-hmm. or project to project. So, like, someone came in and I did their whole EP for them. So that was work because I had this thing, this goal yeah. to achieve. Whereas then the, I get another client that comes in and is like, we're just finding a sound. And we're just, if we come out with an EP at the end of it, great. But if not, we're just going to bounce things around that mm-hmm. that. And if I if I like it, I'm in, and I'm into it, then that feels more like mm-hmm. not play, but it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be as simple and as cut as dry as like I like this or I don't like this. Yeah. If I do like it, it feels like fun, and if I don't like it, it feels like work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're um, also someone I think who's very good at like getting lost in the boredom of something. So for me, I even though I'll enjoy sketching, like I. I can be there for like four hours max before I'm like, I need to concentrate on something else. Yes, because, and it, I think it was Ben who was a friend of ours who I'm completely paraphrasing here, but he said that the key to being like 
the best at what you do or the best in that particular field is um coming to like coming to terms with boredom and enjoying mm-hmm. boredom because you're just you you need to practice and do the same thing over and over and yeah. over and over again but i only have i only have that with things that i'm into and, and things that feel creative so like yeah, when i'm I producing mm-hmm. if i feel like it's adding something to the song that from a from a creative point of view then i will really get into the weeds and i'll just mm-hmm. go and go and go and go mm-hmm. but if it's something that i need to do for a technical reason because this is clipping yeah. or this or that's doing something technically not right I've got no interest in it and I have to really force myself to mm-hmm. like look into it. Um, and that's why like if, if you're, if you say we're going to, we've got this lyric and we need, we need a hand with it. I could, I could spend fucking four hours on one, mm-hmm. one or two words getting them perfect. Yep. But if you said we've got a funding application, it'll take you half an hour. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. I can't do that. Yeah. And that's what that, that kind of mindset is why the stuff that you do amazes me because I'm just not into that. Uh-huh. So I couldn't, I couldn't imagine getting you know, good uh-huh. at it because to, to get good at it, you have to invest time into it. Yeah. And I can't even imagine spending time yeah. on it. Uh-huh. You know, do That's... you, do you find mundane tasks hard to complete? So like, yeah. like you need to just, you need to just take the bin off, just take the fucking bin off. Yeah, but everyone does, don't they? Well, yeah, I know even this now is... within a job, like there's so many things, which I'm like, like, for example, like building a campaign, I love strategizing a campaign when it actually comes to, here's a release date. So I need to wake up at like five in the morning to f- make sure I'm ready setting up my like set up for this release so I can mm. run all the ads mm-hmm. that feels boring because I've done it so many times mm. and like you said like fighting that boredom I've never thought about it like that yeah. but it is something that's the same thing with like having a contrast which I guess you have with art and music having business and music for me I think it really helps and it's beautiful to be able yeah. to step outside do business and then come back and you appreciate music so much yeah and yeah. types of people too are so different in the two worlds yeah yeah definitely yeah. with me i'm totally like if i'm if i'm busy mm-hmm. i'm happy yeah i'm yeah, like it doesn't, that it doesn't matter what you're it doesn't busy ma- with it doesn't, even if i'm hating what i'm busy with i have a little uh-huh. layer of being like oh at least i'm busy see i feel like that like when i'm if i tell myself to take a break it feels like i have this little like burn anxiety thing yeah, yeah well that's ta- that's part of that like millennial burnout article yeah. that we mentioned. yeah like it yeah. feels really bad not doing something yeah. when you have this thing that you're trying to get yeah. yeah and i think that is because we don't have a specific end point exactly because we've got no point at which we can say okay well we can stop now uh-huh. yeah. you always you always feel like if you're stopping that you're kind of like bowing out and you losing. know and you're like fuck no i need to just yeah. keep going with it and yeah. keep going and keep going you know like tidying up after a night out yeah i will be the guy who's tidying up <laughs> that night right yeah. so i'll be like well fuck it might as well just do it now i'm up anyway i'll just take it all out uh-huh. and then before i know it two hours has passed and i've cleaned everything yeah and then I'm, I'm, and I do it because I'm like, because then I don't have to do it tomorrow. Yeah. So then tomorrow comes and I'm like, you just find what do I need, shit to, what do I need to do? I don't, yeah. I don't know what to do. So I end up doing just random shit. I'll, I'll do that. But like, I know I need a break sometimes. So I'll have one job, which isn't that big, but I'll really put it off and do it really slowly. So it takes up my whole day subconsciously, <laughs> right. yeah. which really like isn't good. So I'll be like, I, I was, this is my one day of the week where I wasn't per se like working. Yeah. I had one job. Why is it like two in the morning and I still haven't done yeah, the one job? I do that all yeah. the time. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll put all the links to Alpha Bravo Studios. We're going to let you go, Jay, because you've, you so you've got important meetings. Right. You've anytime. got important work. Anytime. You've actually got actual work that yeah, you I've need got to 45 do. 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to grab some feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks very much for coming in. If you, we'll put all the links. If you want to get mm-hmm. in touch with Jay, it's all on the website, all on the yeah, Instagram. Yeah, website, on Instagram, Alpha Bravo Studios. Um, yeah, on the website, alphabravostudios.com. And if you listen to the episode with Chris... Weston from the Sappho Music Group 
have some more context. There's more context for that. So you can get in touch with Sappho, who can then you know, we'll put you in touch with Alpha Bravo. You can get in touch with Alpha Bravo, we'll put you in touch with Sappho. And it's all it's beautiful. It's all just this lovely community. One day you might even meet Alex. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um sweet. Well thanks for coming in, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks really cool. Thanks nice. for turning up, Cher. <laughs> nice one. Thanks for turning up, George. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I shall not mind. Um, and uh, too much sauce ruins the fries. Yep. Have a good uh, week.